Hello, I'm Alan McGuire, and this is Juvenalia, a podcast about childish things. Uh, every two weeks, we will be talking to an interesting person about something that was important to them as a child, and seeing how they feel about it now. My co-host today is very jet-lagged internet person, Alan Tannum. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah. Y- you okay? You're going to be okay? Yeah, I'll be grand. I have loads, there's loads of sugar. Okay, cool. And our guest today is comedian Trees Coyne. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. What are you going to talk to us about today? I am going to talk to you about a series of books called The Saddle Club. Uh, so we were talking about it earlier on and you, you summed it up very well. You said it was like Babysitter's Club, but with horses. Yeah. And that's essentially what it is. So it's about three best friends and all about their their wacky adventures involving <laughs> horses. Uh, and it's super, super twee and super cheesy. And after reading them back, they are adorable, though, but they're mm. pretty they're pretty to me. Yeah, I read a couple of them <laughs> in preparation for this and I really liked them. I'm going to read some more. Yeah. I think they're like going to be my go-to comfort read thing. I know, they're, they're such good They're really them. calming. Yeah. I think it's, well, for me, what I liked was the detail of the horse stuff in it. Yeah. That they, she worried. really goes into it. Yeah. yeah. I was worried you would struggle because when I was reading back some of them, I was just like, there's a lot of terminology in here that is pretty alien if you're not into horses. Mm. If you're not a riding. horsey person. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. even I was kind of going, I was like, this is like an alien language. Like, and some of it's quite, it's a lot of Americanisms as well. Yeah. And I was wondering how you would find that. Did you find it okay? Did, what have you I f- learned? I found it really like meditative because <laughs> like, there's like bits where like they go into a lot of detail about them like cleaning saddles and stuff and <laughs> straightening straightening leathers and ha- for hanging them it's off. Like, and like ASMR. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like that you it's, read. It's like yeah, it is. It's yeah. really calming because you imagine it's quite repetitive to actually do that and the grooming and the yeah. washing. And they, she goes and she always whenever there's something with a horse happening, she always mentions a thing and what she's supposed to do. She never misses an opportunity to describe something about a horse <laughs> or horse maintenance. <laughs> And it's just really nice because the books are quite short. Yeah, there's you can fly through them. Oh, it's about an hour and a half, and you read one yeah. easily. And there's yeah, I really like them. But we'll go back to you now. Okay. When <laughs> when did you start reading them? How old were you? I started reading them when I was about seven or eight. So I I, I grew up in London, hence hence the accent, and uh, we lived in this like quite horrid old council house that was always infested with frogs or mice one or the other <laughs> never <And> both <laughs> <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> that was a nightmare I just couldn't handle uh, but yeah I was just I was just obsessed with horses anything horsey anything pony related just obsessed and my parents just like they don't understand where it's come from but I think mm. that's a really typical thing that a lot of little kids have this obsession with animals and it's like that animals and you magazine it was really oh. expensive, but like I remember the odd time, like if I had gone to the hospital for an appointment, my mom would like buy me an issue, and it would all it would just be like baby ducks, yes, horses, <laughs> rabbits, sometimes donkeys, and then there'd be like a poster of two kittens in the back, like <laughs> and a ball of yarn. Yeah, animals were such a thing. I think it was like every kid. It didn't really matter if you're a boy or girl. There would always be like an, an obsession. It would be like some people would be like video games some people would be like Barbies and then other people would be like I just love animals and yeah. like farm animals especially weirdly mm. yeah and I don't know what it is about them because then when you learn the grim truth then you're like oh but they're so cute <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I don't know where the obsession came from but it started at quite a young age and so like where my dad is he's from County Galway out in Connemara so anytime we had holidays we would just go back and visit his family and uh, because there's lots of people, they have Connemara ponies in around the area. I would just spend the whole two weeks wanting to be like, can I pet your pony? Can I have a go? <laughs> They're Please so cute though. And like, yeah. And then like, so when I moved over, 
over here, I was 11 years old and that was the dream because I was just surrounded by all these pony shows and, and horse things and there was so much more space to do it because mm. in London it was just too expensive, just mm-hmm. yeah, not feasible. Yeah. Like, And uh, yeah, I just, every weekend I used to get up and help neighbours with, with showing ponies and washing them and everything. I loved nothing more mm. than doing all the hard work for them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd win the rosette and they'd be like, I helped a little bit. <laughs> and I was only like 11 or 12, so uh, but I just, I just loved it. And anything I could do to, to get involved, I would. Uh, I spent summers working in, in stables and stuff for, for no money, <laughs> just for the chance of it. <laughs> for the a, love a, of it. Yeah, like up at eight o'clock in the morning to muck crap yeah. out of stables and clean someone else's dirty tack and and catch horses at seven o'clock in the morning that did not want to be caught. <laughs> and I'd be like, this is the best thing in the world. <laughs> It does sound quite idyllic, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'll clean up horse shit. Like, <laughs> I'll wake up at seven to do that. Horses yeah. are great. I'm a bit afraid of them. Okay. As in, like, I've never been horse riding. Like, I've always had chances when I was little. Like, if we were away in like Wexford and everyone else would go horse riding, I'd be like, I'll pet the horse on the nose, yeah. and then I will stand and watch everyone else horse riding, and then I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they were like really powerful and cool, and I always thought people who horse like rode horses were like super brave because I was like, what if they buck and you fall really? off? Yeah. Wow. I was a very anxious child though. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think a lot of it then, especially when I moved over, because I was the the English kid in a very rural school, didn't make many friends, guys. <laughs> I won't lie to you. Um, so it was that kind of the books were a big escape. So I would just yeah. come home and I'd mill through these books, and then at the weekend I would I would spend I would go horse riding and I'd spend time with like doing these shows and that kind of thing, and it was just. It, that was what helped me settle in here and and feel at home and enjoy it because mm. 11 is such a weird age. You're not yeah. a teenager, you're not a kid, you have all these hormones flying around and you've been picked up from one of the biggest cities in the world and plonked in the middle of nowhere, the other, like in mm. the West Coast, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of, I suppose the escapism of it was, was a big part of why I was so obsessed with it and why I still have quite a lot of love for it, I mm. guess. Like, um, how old were you when you stopped reading them or do you, did you was it something that kept going in your teens or did you read them all didn't never got through all mm. of them there's a couple of them that I didn't get to and so I would have stopped reading them in around 2004 maybe I'm guessing in around then because that's when we got the internet <laughs> uh, and it was also around the time when I stopped being so involved in horse riding because I discovered underage drinking. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things I kind of slightly, slightly regret because I was doing really well. I had like, like there's these tests that you do as part of Pony Club and you go up certain grades. So you work your way up to A and, uh, and yeah, so I discovered going out at the weekends instead and being hung over on Sunday instead of getting up at 7am to clean up poo. Uh, but but you were quite good but when you finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, like, I used to train uh, Connemara ponies that had been brought down off the mountains. So they were semi-feral. Mm. Oh, wow. And you would just break them in and train them up. And I've heard they're pretty difficult because I have a friend who's quite into horses. She used to have a horse in Tipperary and stuff. And yeah. she says that they can be really tough to kind of get in line when you're taking them down from, like, a wild setting. Yeah. Like, there was this one, and her name was Juliana. 
and I genuinely felt like one of the saddle club people when I <laughs> when I was working with her because she was scared of everything. Terrible, like she'd see a wheelbarrow, she'd freak out, she'd be up, <laughs> like rearing up, and over there going, "Oh, falling off again." <laughs> but when you achieve stuff, then you were like, "I am truly a genius." Uh, you would, you'd feel so good, and yeah, I think a lot of times those books they were very aspirational. I'd be like, "Oh, I want to be just like Carol and know all of these things." Did you apply and anything that you ever learned from the books to your real life horse? experience I think secretly in my head I was living it all out and living mm. in that sort of fantasy world but I wouldn't have said it to anyone I'd be like I'm just going over here to tack up my horse before I go horse riding <laughs> with the gang <laughs> 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 um, so yeah and even like even things because it can be quite like we said it, it can be quite challenging and there was sometimes where it'd be like you'd have fallen off and you'd been all bruised up and busted you'd been up since god knows when and you're just like what am i doing this for and then you'd think of some aspirational little story from from the saddle club and be like what would they do you go no just crack on keep going that's actually so, really nice yeah yeah it was it yeah. was nice to have that and that's why i'm always like like i have three younger sisters and uh and where I work, I do tour guiding. And anytime I see kids, I'm like, guys, you've got to read books. Read all the books you can. Mm. Read all these oh, totally, stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much to be taken from them. Keeps you company as well when you're kind of yeah. in a place where there's not that many people around mm. and stuff. Especially if, like you said, that you moved from such a different place to like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. And like I said, it took a while to settle in. But then mm. once I moved into secondary school, it was grand. Do you know what I mean? It was okay. Um, and I have a lot of fondness for the place. But those first few years, I was like, I hate mum and dad. Why did they bring me here? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so there's a load of books. There's like, there's over 100. Yeah. So did you like read and reread them and reread them? Or did you just like, did it take you that many years to read all 100 of them? I was quite sporadic with them. I, yeah. I, I started at, I, my very first one was number 22, which was Fox Hunt, which I was slightly sceptical about. I was like, oh, I don't know, do I like the premise of this? Yeah. The cute little twist is they never hunt a fox. They do this <laughs> thing called drag hunting, which is where they just get a piece of meat and they drag it along a trail and then the dogs follow this trail of whatever this meat is. And then RuPaul says which one was the best out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you is ever seen a horse line? stick? <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I was just like, oh, I've learned a thing and I enjoy this. And then mm. that's when I started mm. just like going. And what I would do is I never bought them brand new. I would always buy them at boot sales. Okay. And like All those books hand. are always there. Like yeah. that's what I did at Babysitter's Club. And what's really good about those books is that like what you said, you started at number 22. You can literally drop in at any time mm. because the, st- the start of the chapter is like, there's these people. Yeah. It always gives you a recap. So it doesn't really matter about following it in order. Yeah, Saddle Club is, and it kind of, the writing is good for people, like for kids, but as an adult reading it, it's so clunky because she goes, it, it's pointing out, it's telling you rather than showing yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So, so like say the parents will do something and then it explains going, Lisa's mother was very, very controlling and very protective of her only daughter. That's why she wanted her to do ladylike things. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I got that. Uh, <laughs> um so, but no, it's like, yeah, they used to be always in, in secondhand shops. Mm-hmm. And my mum is, we were talking about this at the weekend. Uh, she was saying how I just, any boot sale or secondhand shop we went into, she was like, you just had this, like, 
homing beacon you would just zone <laughs> in on the books and you'd find anything horse related and you'd pick it up and you'd be like can I have it can I have it can I have it can I have it and the great thing was they'd all be like 20p or they'd be like mm. yeah just take as many as you want for a pound and <laughs> it was just going thank you for this glorious gift <laughs> <Good round. laughs> but yeah because that's that's what we used to do we used to go to the boot sales on a Sunday and loved it like just bumbling about I think that's why I love charity shops now as well so much oh, yeah. I love a bargain guys I love rummaging oh like a good that. rummage to me is like heavenly yeah yeah when I was in America there were like thrift shops that were like oh. warehouse size and I was like <laughs> <laughs> it was great you just find the most like great mm. stuff and then the most useless stuff but that you also have to own you're like I need it yeah that's it that's yeah. it it's just the, the the absolute joy of finding something and going look at this what I found in among <laughs> the rubbish but yeah so that's how I used to buy them so I would just sort of read them in whatever order I got them so mm. Uh, as much as I tried to keep them in order, it was just impossible. I don't think it was that important because I, I read 16 and 17 for this one. Mm. And there's a, a fairly major character introduced in the 16, the uh, Marie. Yeah. And the teacher had to write and she comes part of the, the club. 17, she's yeah. not mentioned at all. No. It's like she, just, she, like she never existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <'cause laughs> Which could like, be because it was maybe ghostwriters and just the person writing 17 had no idea what was going to happen in 16. Mm. Like, maybe yeah. this little bit, it's just like. Anna Martin, but then it's like, how many did she actually write herself? Yes. There's so many inconsistencies in series like that. You're like, where did her brother go? Actually, at the end of 17, it, she thanks two people specifically, that without which this book uh, wouldn't have happened. It's like, I, I get you. I get okay. you, Bonnie Brian. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that was on that time. Yeah. Right, okay. Mm. Yeah, so they're written by Bonnie Bryant, mm. and I know nothing else about her. I know she lives in New York. Okay. I know she likes horse riding now. I know she wrote. I'm guessing she did. Yeah. at some stage. It said she only got into it kind of afterwards. Because of the books. Yeah. So how? That's what I never found out. Like yeah. I just never. People often get like with those like young adult books. They would get like they'd be copyrighted or something, and then they'd get commissioned. They'd be like, okay, we need we need a, need a series of books about like some. What do the kids horses will do yeah. about horses? <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, okay, she'd be good at this. Do you know about horses? And you'd be like. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's probably, like we're doing a gig. It's like, can you do some jokes about X, Y, Z? And you're like, I have loads of stuff on <laughs> that. This is my binder. Oh, <laughs> like, <God>. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I can write some. They don't need to know that. Um, yeah, so so that's how she got into it. I think like, it's similar with the, the Hardy Boys guy, whose name I can't remember. He wrote like two or three of them, and then they were so popular, he got stuck writing them for the rest of his life and he hated them. It was like a prison. Oh, he just couldn't stand the books. But he wrote like 50 Hardy Boys books. That's really sad. Yeah. Like so I'm many people who love those books and he's like, I fucking know there's <laughs> just typewriter like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I think, I, like, I'm once I find out about something like that, I kind of become obsessed with like spotting the details. So I'm pretty sure 16 was Bonnie Bryant and 17 wasn't. Because 16 yeah. has much more horse stuff in it. Has lo- has all the detail and she goes into much more detail about the, how the writing works, and you have to get over how funny the word writing is to read these books because it, <laughs> oh. it takes a while. Do you know? Even coming in here, I was just like, yeah. "Am I going to make it through without <laughs> tripping into some sort of innuendo dip yeah. and not being able to climb out of it?" It's, um, it's very tough. Oh. You have to say horse riding every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what age does that word like 
become funny? Like, had you been reading the books and then was there one time, one day you opened a book and you were like... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. Because writing is not something they say in the UK. No. And they don't really use it. And like, you know how here we call someone a big write? Oh, yeah. yeah. And you just know what it means. You don't mm. have to explain it. Just the sound of it. Whereas there, if I say it to, to an English friend now, they, you have to explain it. And it's, mm. so it wasn't until I moved here that I realised that writing was a... Was like another the word. F- first, <laughs> the first line of um, horse games books we've seen is like Phil Masterson was really good at writing. That's like the first line. <laughs> and they're like twelve as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I found fascinating yeah. with Stevie. So she's one of the main characters. When she gets a boyfriend, Phil, and like that was so aspirational. I'm like, she is thirteen and she likes horses and she's pretty cool and she's got a boyfriend. She's living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> she's got it all. But I, I wasn't. I never really liked Phil. I thought he. I thought she could do better. He seemed a bit bland. Yeah. He just seemed well. Yeah. Properly. So boring. Yeah. There was nice, a boyfriend so in Babysitters Club called Logan, and he was Marianne's boyfriend, and he was like a non-entity as well. Yeah. So it's, I think they were just like, someone has to have a boyfriend to be like, just to have that in there. Yeah. I. That's no, how it felt. No need to develop him at all. Just have I think a boy. that's good though in a way for those kind of books where yeah. the like the guys are just like you don't need to borrow. Guys are boring, like because they they are a really strong support group for each other in these books. Yeah, and they're so confident as well. They're completely yeah. unapologetic about how good they are at riding, at horse riding. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're, they're, oh, look what you've done to me! Now. I know they <laughs> like they know they're good. Like in yeah. um, seventeen, like they've they, there's three competitions and they come first, second, third in some permutation. All three of them, mm. yeah, each one. They're just, uh, but they're they're so con- they're just accepted. They're not trying to like be shy about it or. Did you like find that or Quite helpful? Confident. Yeah, yeah, because and what I liked about it as well is that they did well because they worked hard and they prepared. Yeah, and they looked after each other, mm. and it was just I don't know. It was a, it was a good life lesson. But mm. they did. They worked really hard, and when I used to go doing those things as well, I would put so much pride and joy. Even like the cleaning a saddle thing mm. is a boring job. It has to be done. It's not particularly exciting, but I would do it with such love and I'd want everything perfect and have it shiny and like, just like in the Saturn Club. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I liked that, that they, they weren't shy to say it. And I think I had a little bit of that as well. I was happy to say I was good and happy to put mm. myself forward for things yeah. and happy to enter competitions. And, and I did pretty well in them, you know, um, and I wouldn't normally be like that in any other aspect of my life mm. even now I, mm. so when people are like oh so you're a comedian I'm like I have a go <laughs> uh, do you know I, I just I, I'm not that kind of I'd love to have that kind of brash sort of self-confidence that some yeah. people seem to have but I don't know they, they, they managed quite a fine line between confident and cocky because yeah because you had like Veronica as the opposite of that what oh, the snooty one yeah oh, she was so confident but nothing to back it up no she was terrible and she mean to her horse I felt that, so bad for her horse I love that that's <laughs> how they yeah. yeah I love how that's that's how they demonstrated what a what a cow she was because she was mean she used spurs on her horse she mm. mistreats her animal yeah, yeah. she yeah. didn't tank her horse no, yeah. even though like, did everything she asked yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the thing because mm. like her that's how personalities were reflected in their level of horsemanship. Yeah. Even if they weren't their experience, if their heart was in the right place and they had good intentions, then mm. they were all right. They're a good person. But Like the girl they introduced um, in horse games and get rid of afterwards, like she has been in a car accident and she they, they convinced her to take up horse riding to get strength back into her legs. But they're like, the only way they, they her emotional state is reflected by how good she's becoming at horse riding. Like, oh, she's going to be fine. She's really good at horse riding. She's definitely fine. <laughs> her emotion... 
and her father dies I in the car crash as well. Oh god! She's, she's gonna be. She's gonna get over this because she's really. She'll get good back at it. on the horse. Look at how, look at how good she's in this horse. Of course, she's gonna be fine emotionally. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That glossing over mental health. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish she was the horse. <laughs> it's like she hasn't been to see anyone, but she's she's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that gut. <laughs> yeah. There's also a really funny bit that's not to do with the word writing in that book, where um, because I keep I keep nearly calling her Chloe. Carol, her father um, is a widower, and then. Uh, Marie's mother obviously is a widow and he spots her in the hospital and goes to his daughter who's that? and she goes oh that's um, Marie's mother and he goes oh and then she goes she's a widow and he goes oh <laughs> <laughs> I know and that stuff totally went over my yeah. head <laughs> and now I'd be like oh bitch yeah. well and they're gonna get it on <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah and that's why I was I was uh, talking to Alice about it but the, the whole thing of of Carol's mum being dead is sometimes played out as a weird personality trait. Like, <laughs> oh. that's a part of her identity and mm. they like to trot it out, if you'll pardon the expression, uh, every now and again, <laughs> do you know? But mm. it's just going, they'll just take this weird turn out of nowhere and get really sad and sombre about Carol's mum is dead, but that's why Carol is strong and independent <laughs> and she works so hard because her mum is dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Have we mentioned <laughs> <laughs> And especially with Stevie, like I used to quite strongly identify with Stevie because she was, you know, she she was good crack, like, and she had uh, younger brothers who were a pain in the hole, and I had my younger sister who I love her very much, but when you're a child, all siblings are a pain. Mm. Um, so I used to kind of identify with her and going, "Cheer up, Carol. What's what's the big deal? Like, <laughs> what's your problem? Could be worse. You kind of really annoying sisters." <laughs> I, I think I vastly misunderstood uh, uh, the loss of a parent. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Stevie oh. was a someone who did a lot of pranks and I don't think I would have gotten on with her because I hate pranks so much. She's yeah. very bossy. Yeah. yeah. I would have been like, no, I'm, you, I'll sit with someone else today Yeah, in the yeah. yard. Sorry but for slamming the one you identified with most there. No, but, but that's... Yeah. yeah, it has to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Just get out. Yeah. But, but she was a tomboy and tomboys are always cool in books. I always used to really yeah. like the tomboys too. I think too. that's why, why I liked her. You don't have to... You, you're not just sitting there, you're getting in there and doing stuff. Mm. You don't care. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm covered in poo. And what? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I do. I find the smell of it really comforting now. The smell of horse, horse manure. poo. Yeah. But there's like those like olfactory memories where like it doesn't matter what the smell is that you associate with a time in your life. Yeah. And you're like, ah. Yeah. Childhood. <laughs> oh, memories. <laughs> and my mum be giving out that the car stinks, you know. Mm. <laughs> I'm going, it's beautiful. What are you talking about? This is my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, of course, you got Lisa then, who was very studious. She's more of a blank slate. Definitely the ones I read, anyway, there wasn't... Yeah. I didn't get much of a sense for her. Oh, she's not exciting. Yeah. No, 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 no. She's sort of... I don't know. I found it... I found it strange that there was not more of a, um, not more dynamic between the three of them. As in, like they, they were, they were all quite similar. Stevie was very different, but mm-hmm. Carol and Lisa seemed pretty similar. They were both very hardworking, but very se- super sensible. In the uh, horse napping, yeah, where they they split, they have three, brilliant. They put their three <laughs> plants together. <laughs> it's it's actually really funny because they the titles of the books like they start off the first four books like something like 
horse this, horse something, horse other. And <laughs> book five goes, I'm out of horse names. So was, and then book seven's like, I got more horse names, horse this, horse that. Oh, horse off. <laughs> yeah. And like puns that don't even really work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, lots like of Like horse games. Yeah. Shoehorn it in. Christmas horse. <laughs> that is one, yeah. <laughs> I remember getting that and saving it specifically for Christmas. Oh my God. <laughs> like it took a lot of willpower on my part. <laughs> I'm not a patient person, but I was like, no, I have to save this. This is special. <laughs> but yeah, they'd have they'd have really quite strange, like in Christmas horse, I think it's Christmas horse, but this Olympic rider, uh, she falls and breaks her back and then she's gives away a horse to one of the saddle club you're going this would never happen but at the time never questioned it I went yeah I could totally be given an Olympic horse if I just knew the right person <laughs> she would sell that horse for yeah. <laughs> so when like Kean O'Connor had his little thing going on oh, with yeah. the horse riding I was like maybe it could be oh. mine <laughs> I'm going to send him an email because I, I got did. the internet. So genuinely, this is so embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed about this, but you know, all, all cards on the table. I did email Keon O'Connor when I was a teenager to go, "You're my hero. You are the best. Well done. Your Olympic medal and all." That. I so probably, nice. I bet I still have the email. They're on old like aircom.net accounts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was really nice. Did you reply? And it made my year. It was the most exciting thing. And then obviously all that came out and it was very disappointing yeah so. you've disappointed me Keen O'Connor <laughs> got you Keen <laughs> bet you won't reply to this email <laughs> do you have an email for the horse uh, <laughs> can I catch you because uh, like. that horse is called Water for Crystal so in Water for we were all delighted and then oh. I was like oh Water for that's Crystal that's her name huh yeah <laughs> Dylan is proud yeah. <laughs> sorry for the interruption um, it's me your old pal Alan did you know that the Heads of Podcast Network is a sponsor now? Well, we do. It's Bunsen. And I want to tell you about the first time that I ate in Bunsen. Uh, you might have noticed that the sound quality in this ad is different to the rest of the podcast. And that's because I'm not in a luxurious Headstuff studio. I'm recording this on a dictaphone app on my phone in Waterford. Yep, I live in Waterford. Um, that will be important later. So remember it. Remember it very well. Um, so I was going to Dublin for a book launch. And I asked Twitter where I should eat beforehand. And my friend Fiona said Bunsen. And because food recommendations are always spot on that's where I decided to go uh, I checked their website bunsen.ie uh, first obviously to check it out and if you really want to get hungry for burgers go look at bunsen.ie because my god those burgers so anyway I arranged to meet my friend Trevor there um, I have a lot of friends I'm not boasting that's just how it is you know um, but he's running late um, so he set to order anyway without him um, so there I was sitting in the Wexford Street Bunsen uh, just an old man up from Waterford for the day unaware of what was about to happen to his mouth and the burger arrived and well go look at the website again it looked amazing as you all know uh, I've been into it and this genuinely happened uh, I said holy shit out loud by myself in Bunsen uh, Bunsen burgers are so good god if I lived in Dublin I'd eat there all the time rotating between the three locations of Extra Street Temple Bar and Ann Street so the staff didn't try to stage an intervention on me but I live in Waterford so that's not going to happen anytime soon so please eat a Bunsen burger today for all us poor non-Dubliners who can't go back to um, Carol and Lisa in the in horse snapping, it kind of lays out the three characters. It explicitly says what their things are. Mm. So Stevie's the reckless one. Carl has horse intelligence, mm-hmm. and Lisa has regular intelligence. So like that's how they come. <laughs> that's a thing. Stevie okay. comes up with like the the reckless parts of the plan. Lisa does the logistics, and then Carl thinks about how the horses are going to be kept safe during the plan. <laughs> she does the horse psychology. Yeah, the horse psychology. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She really thinks it through. Mm. 
what would the horse feel? Yeah. And that's a genuine concern. Put yourself in the horseshoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. I'm really sorry. <laughs> they accidentally keep coming out. They do, they do. It's dangerous. But yeah, that's what I liked about them. They sort of they it's that classic children's storytelling trope of individually you can't manage something, but as a group you mm. can. So like in the Wizard of Oz and that kind of thing. But they work together. But yeah, there wasn't enough of it. Like you said, regular intelligence and horse intelligence. There wasn't yeah. enough of a difference. And I don't know mm. what I would have done differently with Lisa. Because Carl, well, is the point of view character in both of those ones. Kind yeah. of, it sticks with her most of the time. So yeah. Lisa doesn't, maybe just those two, I don't know. Lisa doesn't get much to do even in those books. Not really, no. So maybe it's, it, it probably has more than other ones though, does she? Or is she just She kind of stays pretty, like you said, blank slate yeah. throughout. Pretty pretty tame and innocuous. She's kind of older as well, I think. She's like a year older, isn't she? Yeah, she's a year, a year above them in, in school and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That can be weird, I think, because I remember uh, my sister used to do Irish dancing when she was younger. And you see the older Irish dancers, and be like, why are you, why are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just when they're like 21. <laughs> yeah. And they're like starting to teach the class. Or like a girl who like oh, missed yeah. her, came back from her honeymoon for a competition. No. In like a hotel in Waterford. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Was she running away How much from? does she enjoy it? Like, I don't understand. Mm. No. For your honeymoon? Yeah. Like, pe- oh, I, do, I wouldn't. just get I into things. Where was the honeymoon? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know her, but I just remember everybody was like, yeah, she came back from their honeymoon. For do, do you think that's like a play for the judges going, oh, oh, I came back from my honeymoon. I'm that's dedicated. as I am. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think anybody who's still Irish dancing at 21, they're going to be they're going to be good. Yeah, that's so true. So if they're there's legit. two in a competition, <laughs> you're going to give it to the one who came back from like Australia or something for the competition. Yeah, you know? That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't. I, I think everyone plays whatever cards they're dealt like that. Oh yeah. I think I've. I. I definitely did that in competitions in horse riding and stuff. Did definitely. you have a, did you have a backstory? Like <clears throat> just the fact that because I was training, I was like, "This horse was semi feral four months ago. Look at it now." <laughs> <laughs> just like, yes, yeah, Cinderella went story. <laughs> <laughs> Singing my like songs from My Fair Lady with the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, there was one. There's this thing called dressage, which is basically like horse dancing, right? <laughs> and if you remember in the book uh, Horse Nuts, yep. yeah, they they give the history of dressage, which I didn't know. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, oh, basically, it was used by the Greek army, the ancient Greek army, as a way of connecting man and horse. And if they were in perfect harmony, perfect sync, they could do anything on the battlefield, and they'd be better able to fight. Uh, so that's where dressage came from. And now it's all just like prancing about and dancing mm. it looks really cool yeah it's yeah. deadly but i remember doing my first dressage competition and you have to you have to properly get dressed up like the the jacket and the velvet hat and your hair and a hairnet and, and like everything. a ruffly thing you're you like yeah like a, i can't remember the name of it it's like a tie but yeah. it's like a cravat or something mm. and uh, you have to have like perfectly white jodfers and and polished boots and everything oh yeah she gets a bit of mud on her jodfers at the start and and she it's a, a big out. thing yeah yeah and i remember that panic <laughs> of just being like no <laughs> What? And you're like, is it any wonder when you're hanging around with like muck and grass? And Why mm. is a ridiculous colour to yeah. be the default colour for those yeah. strategies? Mm. Yeah, and I think it is. But I think that's quite a, you get that in, when you read about high society and aristocracy mm-hmm. in, in England, that, you know, people would come up with these deliberate, awkward traditions and customs and etiquette just mm. to prove how much better they were than the lower classes yeah. and I think it, it probably like r- posh people don't get dirty yeah. like it's impossible yeah. Yeah. oh did you know before the French Revolution the, the, the French monarchy uh, they would um, 
in the royal palaces, they would, all the men and women would wear high heels. And it was basically a way of saying, I'm so important and so rich, I don't even have to bend down or walk very far. So if I drop something, you have to pick it up because I'm wearing high heels. So basically, they would wear these high heels just to be like, because I can. Yeah. <laughs> also, all our floors are marble. There's no cobblestone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think I think the, the, the wearing the white and that ridiculous necktie mm-hmm. and everything, I think it all kind of stems from that um, that sort of upper class sort it's of It's like when working class people were the only people that got tans. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like, I have my parasol. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading a thing during the week, um, some Twitter, the pineapple was such a, like a status symbol in like the 18th century that these people used to rent pineapples <laughs> for their parties oh my and then gosh. pass them around to other families Amazing. to make it seem cool. And if you look around, there's like pineapples like built into like pillars and stuff in all I've these old houses. I've seen a pineapple in yeah. wow. some old like stately home in England or something. Yeah. It's like a that's really I was weird. Like, we have, we have, it we was have like a status symbol. What's bitch? the pineapple yeah. <laughs> equivalent today? Oh, what would people rent to mm. show that they have status now? Uh, like a, f- a fun photo booth for their wedding. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Do you do you know a really weird? I I work in the Leprechaun Museum. And oh, yeah. It's all about Irish yes. folklore and mythology, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my favourite traditions uh, from the fairies. This goes back to around the mid 1700s, but basically. Um, when you were leaving the house at night time you didn't want to get attacked by fairies because that's when they come out at night time they hate human intrusion if you you know come across them at night time they'll make you pay for it essentially Mm. so to protect yourself there's a number of things you can do you can put iron in the hem of your skirt that keeps them away or another thing is using dirt because they're they're very clean they hit any sort of uncleanliness Mm. so what you would do is if you left a party before your guests would leave you'd put you get the family chamber part and put your hands in and just dab the back of their coat with all the wee and poo and then send them off home, right? (laughs) And basically the thing was, the more poo and piss stains you had down the back of your coat, it meant the more parties you'd been to, hence the more popular and more beautiful you were. But and smelled really bad. Yeah, but they everybody smelled that. bad then, though. Yeah, so. nobody brushed their teeth. I think yeah. about that every day. <laughs> but they had a lot of sugar in their diet, so it probably wasn't. That's probably true, balanced actually. out. But it's, it's mm. a real. Yeah. It was a real status symbol. Mm. Like it, it, it just showed how popular and and well liked you were. So, you were just yeah. a fun person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no need for perfume. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, pretty strange. But um, yeah, with the. But yeah, like you said, with the with the stains on your on your trousers or anything, you would you get freaked out by it. But I remember doing that dressage competition, and I had the hair in a hairnet, and I'd never worn. I don't do anything with my hair; it just sort of happens, and that's what I'm happy with. But I had all hairpins in it, and halfway through, a load of them fell out of my fringe, and I just had bobby pins smacking into my eyes <laughs> while I was still trying to do this test. So I just had to shut my eyes and do the whole test and just try and guess it, and it actually went okay. But it did feel like very much a, a story for one of those books. So she did. It with no eyes. Amazing. <laughs> you didn't touch the horse on your way out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was so in sync with her horse, she could do it with her eyes shut. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> uh, so there was a TV series as well, an Australian TV series. Yeah. But they still said it in Virginia. Yeah. It was, was it, you didn't like it? I'm very conflicted about it. Yeah. I mean, it came out, it, st- it started being shown, I think it was on like Tiny Pop or Pop Kids or something. One of those like, obscure Sky channels. Yeah. Way above all the other channels, like 600 yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, up near the baby channel where it just shows like... It reminds me of like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like when they did Sleepover Club and they made it Australian. Yeah. I was I like, what? Okay. Why? Yeah. Is well, it maybe it's because they bought the rights. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that could be it. But uh, yeah, it was that weird thing where they were... 
very clearly Australian and in Australia, but sometimes trying to do American accents Aww. and sometimes not. And it was very confusing because I was like, is it San Nostra? Is it not? And as well as that, I, I didn't enjoy it because, like I said, I think it was a little bit too old. And what I had imagined in my head, this like beautiful grounds and mm-hmm. all these incredibly beautiful looking horses that you'd see in books and all these different breeds that looked very, very like looked a certain way. All the horses sound very distinct in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they'll name the breed and because, like I said, I was obsessed and I would take up any bit of knowledge about them. Mm-hmm. I had a very distinct picture in my head and it didn't match up and all the horses in it looked like horses you'd see in any standard riding school. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, just like brown ones. Breed. Yeah, just mm-hmm. brown ones. Yeah. Maybe the old grey one. That was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh. None of them had cool oh. plots in their manes yeah. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and the know? horses have personalities in the books as well. Yes. So you'd be like, Starlight wouldn't do that, you know, in the TV series. That's, yeah. That is a thing. Oh, I bet it is, yeah. I know it sounds stupid, but no. No, it's no like of course dogs it is. Yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah. they have different traits, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Like, my friend's horse, she was always like, he's just a stubborn bastard. Some of them are assholes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you do you own a horse or did you always use no, that No, I never, I never got to. I, so when we moved over, I was lulled over under the false pretense that we can buy you a horse now. And I'm like, oh, what? Amazing. <laughs> Take me there now. <laughs> and I remember we looked at this house in Bangladesh, and it had seven stables and seven acres of land and I was like this is perfect a fleet yeah. of horses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one for every day of the week <laughs> and then mum and dad got outbid by this American guy who I've never met had no reason to ever meet don't even know his name but I've always pictured him as being wearing a really ugly grey brown suit and hideous mustard shirt and having slicked greaseback Vaseline ponytail Ugh. and really ugly glasses. And I don't know where I've got this image from. Is up the American in the field look like? I don't think so. Does it okay. reminds me of Matilda's dad in the movie, like Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mr. Yeah, Wormwood. The field was filmed where I'm from. Really? Yeah, oh. yeah. My uncle made the pen for the cows to fall into at the end. Really? Fun fact. <laughs> 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 but, uh, um I was saying, oh yeah, so we were meant to move to, to Banaslow and then they got out beers and that, that was the dream over. Mm. But we went back to where uh, where my dad's family are from and uh, it just sort of never happened. But mm. yeah, I very nearly bought one at Mam Cross Horse Fair once, which my dad loves to tell uh, the story of when he's drunk uh, and there's a family occasion. So sort of around midnight he'll go, uh, do you remember that time mm. you nearly bought a horse and you tried to make me put it in the van? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Impulse buying a horse. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was. That's the dream. Oh my god, that's like where I want to be. That's the kind of money you want. Yeah, <laughs> just like at the counter and pennies with like all the like little bobbins and like yeah. socks and the horse. <laughs> <laughs> but I would sit down with like there used to be this uh, uh, place called Robinsons, which was like I suppose like the Woodies of horse riding stuff, and I would just go through the catalogue and like hypothetically how much would it cost me if I wanted to buy all this stuff for this horse that I'm going to mm. hypothetically get <laughs> and I wouldn't sit there with a calculator and write down a little list of all the things I wanted like I try to think of the hours I've spent doing that oh you do though you do it I remember yeah. I used to like look at in computer magazines they used to have like postal order forms for computers yeah and you had to take off all the things you wanted in your computer and you could add it up it'd be like oh. thousands but it's depending on the time you got to what you wanted we'd be like let oh, me see amazing. if I can work out a payment plan over yeah. like eight years <laughs> 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 well horses are so expensive oh like they're man. expensive to buy but the upkeep is like bananas oh it's great how it's, much are it's, horses 
See, it depends. You yeah. could you could feasibly buy uh, unbroken Connemara pony for like five, six, seven hundred, and a okay. pretty decent one, and then break it in and train it yourself. But by the same token, you could go all the way up the other end mm. and buy this like superstar with incredible like uh, mother parentage um, that's all trained in, and everything has credits has show titles and everything and that could cost you hundreds of thousands yeah. do you know what I mean like you're talking like racehorses and that sort of mm. thing so yeah it's a it's a huge scale but even like you said the upkeep yeah. and the time investment is crazy mm. yeah. if you do everything yourself it's crazy especially when I was small I remember there would be girls in school that would like talk about wanting a horse as a pet in the same way as like wanting a dog mm. and I think nobody none of us really understood like until like we got a bit older because I'm from Dublin so well, I'm near the mountains, so I like there were riding schools and stuff near me. But I don't think anyone was actually understood that it's not the same as being like, okay, pedigree every month. You have to also like pay, like to, like you have to clean, you have to spend hours doing all that stuff. You have to buy all the equipment, you have to buy all the clothes if you're going to compete. Like yeah. it's crazy. Even doing competitions is pretty expensive. You have to you pay know? to do them, don't you? Uh, yeah, you have to pay an entry fee yeah. for a lot of them. And there's a lot of pressure to do well because you don't mm. want to get a track record of Paying and failing. Well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's pretty demoralising. And just the, like, you're giving up the day beforehand to get prepared, the day of the show, and probably the day after, because you're just going to be wrecked and the wind down of it and everything. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't think it's ever something I can feasibly do unless things go really, really radically different anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I, I do kind of think about it that would I, would I invest that money if I had it? But, yeah. Do you still go horse riding ever? Or? No, very rarely. Very mm. rarely. Uh, when I'm at home, sometimes I'll, you know, my friend has two horses and I'll help her out and that kind of thing. Mm. But not a huge amount, uh, which is, unf- I just don't go home enough. And then in yeah. Dublin, it's just so, like you said, even to do a lesson for an hour, it's like it's crazy 40 euro, mm-hmm. which is mad money. Yeah. Like that's more than a driving lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's, it is prohibitively expensive. Like, my, my little sister, she is 11, and she wanted to start doing it, but it was just that thing, like, she can only go, like, maybe once a month, because yeah. it's just, by the time you drive out there and you pay for the, it's just so expensive, but... My girlfriend actually lived on, um, this weird place in Cork and Badenhasig, and there was, a guy had built six houses and a giant artist studio, but then he had a horse riding school and a helicopter school as well. Casual. Helicopter yeah. school. <laughs> yes, my girlfriend lived there for about six months. So there'd be, behind the back of the house, there was like horses all the time. Yeah. And like kids out riding horses. And then at the front of the house, there'd be a helicopter taking off very, very slowly every Saturday morning. <laughs> like taking about half an hour to lift up. <laughs> and then just mad sculptures everywhere because there was an artist studio wow. built onto it. It was a really cool place to live. something from like Twin Peaks or something. It was yeah. really weird. Yeah. Were the horses scared piece? of the helicopter? Didn't seem to be. I said they were used to him. Yeah, I'd say they were yeah. like, I can fly that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's making a mess of that. <laughs> and did you ever go horse riding? No, never. I didn't even, like, in Waterford, I'm not sure where the horse riding places are even, but um, you'd always see him in fields around yeah. and stuff, but I didn't even realise a horse was a thing you could own until that episode of The Simpsons where Lisa oh, gets yeah. a horse. Oh, God. The salt like, lick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but as soon as, as, soon as you see that, you realise it's, extremely expensive mm-hmm. so then like did, did you identify with that episode or did it, like, do you remember that episode yeah 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 yeah. Like, oh, just, my thing is in an episode she's yeah. living the dream that yeah. was such an upsetting yeah. episode though mm. like it made me really sad it's yeah. tough going yeah. yeah but I was also aware of the grim reality of it because mm. I, I, that was something you'd lived it yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the same way I feel about having children I'm like 
Oh, it'd be okay, I guess, but I couldn't afford that right now. Yeah. So <laughs> even if the opportunity came along, I'd be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> they brought out model horses based on the horses in the thing. I didn't see them. Yeah, it said it on Wikipedia. Oh, you're dangerous, Alan. I know. <laughs> They'll I probably wonder. be on eBay. There's definitely like, some on eBay. Do you know what? That was the first thought I had. I was like, yeah. I'm going on my phone as soon as this is done <laughs> yeah. and spending my money. <laughs> Wow! But yeah. Like what? All of them? It said it's just it was just a line on the Wikipedia entry saying that there was the TV series and then a range of model horses. Yeah, and then they didn't even have a link, so it obviously wasn't mm. huge. Okay. Did you have a favorite horse, or like a favorite, I mean, not even a recurring horse, like a one character? I think horse. probably Starlight because that was the the Olympic Olympic horse. I had a bit of a soft spot. Yeah, you got into his and head more as well. There was Topside because he had quite a tragic ending. Oh really? End, yeah, oh. got an injury. Oh. That was the end of Top Side. Hmm. But then he also sounds like a cut of beef. So it was <laughs> yeah. inevitable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of, yeah. ooh. It's a weird that. to call a horse when like people don't usually eat horses in America. No, but unless mm. Top Side is not a thing that they eat in America. True. Yeah, because that was the thing. Their thing to do, their hobby was like, non-horse thing was eating Sundays. And to me, that was the most exotic. Oh, yeah, I meant to say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they describe the Sundays? What, yeah. Like yeah. with peanuts and like pistachios. Just, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what are pistachios? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd in chalk. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going into this uh, ice cream shop in uh, Whetstone in London. I was there visiting just after I moved here. And uh, this Italian ice cream shop, and they had pistachio ice cream, just like, Wow, finally I found it. <laughs> and it was horrible. <laughs> I like pistachio. Stevie's um, ice cream orders are interesting. Yeah. Like her wait- the waitress in the-, the place has like PTSD from Stevie's ice cream orders. Oh no. Is she like when Meg Ryan orders her lunch in When Harry Met Sally when she's like, hold the thing, put this here, don't heat this up. Blah, kind blah, blah. of. It's more like I want this flavour with this topping that doesn't go with that at all and then honeycomb and then some cherries and this and this and no. this and this. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. yeah. Well, it, like, I made the same mistake in Bray a couple of weeks ago. I got, I just got overwhelmed by all the colours of ice cream and I got mm. bubblegum and triple chocolate and that was a bad combination. As colours, <laughs> that's really nice like aesthetically but yeah. taste would be bad. Terrible. Mm. I used to work Especially... in an ice cream shop and people used to order the weirdest combinations and you'd just be scooping it like are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure that you want this? And they'd be like, yeah. It's Raspberry so... and like whiskey flavor. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, no. Okay. Have a good day. <laughs> Enjoy. I get overwhelmed Creep. by choice in ice cream shops that have more than like six flavors. Yeah. And we went to Rome and they have like Gelato, 25, like... 30 flavors. And I, just, I got vanilla one day. I was like, I'm just going to have vanilla. <gasps> it was the best vanilla, vanilla, I've, it was the best vanilla I've ever had. I still remember. I, that's the only one I actually remember tasting still out of all the ones I had over there. Okay. It was so good. Okay. Just blacked out after yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Carlan, this is the best vanilla I've ever had. It's the most vanilla y vanilla. Does <laughs> it have all the little black bits in it? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You know okay, it. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. legit. It's not like. Yeah. You know vanilla from when you were small, it was just like a pure white like slab between two wafers. Yeah, and have and a little like, ice bits in it. You're like, yeah. this is good. <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of the weirdest cultural things about moving from England to here. Ice cream in wafers, England's, wafer sandwiches. No, not even that. The vanilla ice cream in England is like yellowy. And oh, then yeah, here, yeah. it's yeah. pure white. And yeah. I was just going, guys, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Someone's adding colouring. We're not sure which one of it is. I felt more conflicted. I felt more conflicted about your ice cream than I did about Dustin the turkey and the whole anomaly that was. I remember Dustin. Like, he's weird. He doesn't travel at all. Dustin no. is scary. We, t- we thought he would. Of, like, yeah. he used to freak me out a little bit. Like, yeah. like, mm. 
because I found this tape of Justin and I was going, what is this? And listened <laughs> to it. And I went to school, I was like, I found this really strange thing, this Justin the turkey, and he's Bird singing a the whole North song. Side. And they were like, like uh, you haven't heard of it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> They're going, oh, loser. And I go, I'm the loser. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it was, it was really strange to me. It was, mm. and, and I think back then, the den didn't start till three o'clock in the day, which, again, totally alien to me. Mm. But yeah, I didn't really watch it. To be honest, I watched CITV. I didn't watch oh, it either. Did yeah. you see that where we were? You could only get RT One, Two, and Tina G. Yeah. So no, we had the channel. Yeah, Tina G was Echo Island on RT was good. The odd time. Echo Island. Yeah. Which was that? It was like a was it an Irish and Blondie Coffee was on it, and it was just Darryl a magazine Green. show. Yeah. Whoa! But it was for kids, and it was actually really good. But I barely watched it, and I was a Nickelodeon person. I think I was a bit. Like the den started in '86, and I was born in '92. So by the okay. time it rolled around, I was a bit like. I'm going to watch a Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about Salt Club now from perspective of years later? Not too many years later, but some years later. Yeah. And I still have a lot of fondness for it. Yeah. Even though like looking back at the covers now, they're all so twee and mm. they're very 90s. Yes. Very, very 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I've, I have a real soft spot for them. Um, and I, I am very grateful for for the hours of joy they gave me. And I do not apologise for how to be they are, <laughs> ever. Uh, Bonnie Bryant, you are a legend. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you and your Ghost Riders. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fondness for them. And I, I would like to see kids still reading them. I think they definitely should be read. Yeah. They're so, they're, honestly, everybody, they are really good books. <laughs> read some of them. Okay, so thank you so much to Ellen Tannum and to Teresa Coyne. Thank you very much for the And that's the podcast. Um, thanks again to Teresa. You can see her at the Vodafone Comedy Festival at Sunday on Sunday at 8 o'clock in the Joke Shop with Four Arms and Hog, Connor O'Toole and Alex Edelman. Ellen is still here. Hello. Hello. That was fun, wasn't it? It was very fun. I had yeah. a good time. You going to read Saddle Club books? I learned a lot about it and I feel like it would be something I would enjoy because I love Babysitter's Club so much and yeah. they're in a very similar vein. It's very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go horse riding now. Well that's then, like that's a good endorsement as any. It, yeah, it really it makes you feel like you've done horse riding. Like I know if I just put my, I know my, what a bridle calf, is. <laughs> I know where to put my my calf to make it turn right now and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, we need to thank Dee McDonald for the artwork. Thanks, Dee. Because it's awesome. Uh, we have Juvenalia stickers. If you want a Juvenalia sticker, um, say it to me on Twitter and I will get one to you. Say somehow. it to me either. Yeah. Alan is say your handle oh I'm Alan underscore Maguire I'm in Cog Alan yeah so say it to one of us or uh, Juvenile underscore pod as well follow that on Twitter because that only has some followers and we could do it more that's the Afish the Afish one yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's where we fave the compliments yeah, yeah. So I, sw- that I switch way. over to that and fave the compliments we can't retweet back. our own praise but we'll retweet it for the <laughs> podcast yeah um, oh subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet because and that makes a big difference to algorithms and such. Nice review, maybe. No, a lovely review would be nice. Don't, nice none, the, be none of those three yeah. or t- four stars. We don't want a five. Like definitely a five star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that'll be good. What else? Oh yeah, listen to some other Heads of podcasts. I'm going to recommend one in particular. They're all really good, but the particular one I'm going to tell you about today is Grove Farley's Fascinated, the one with Adele Lynch from Bewitched. She is hilarious and fascinating, and the Bewitched story is just crazy. I didn't realise how big they were. You won't either. You'll be astonished when you listen to this. So go listen to that. And then we'll see you in probably two weeks or so. Okay, bye. See ya. Yay.